Well, welcome back to an actual play episode, Stackers. Before we get started, we are going to run through a few things. First of all, we wanted to make sure to set aside a little bit of time to give a shout out to Ryan. Ryan, we know you listen to our show with your dad, and we appreciate that you like it as much as you do. Thanks for sticking with it, and we hope that you continue to enjoy our show for many, many years to come. We have a couple reviews, and the first one comes to us from listener Beans. Hey, Beans! And he asked that Thane read this one, so Thane, take it away. So we got another review, this time from one of our listeners named Beans, titled Wow, and he rated us five stars, and it reads, This is a great podcast. I really have enjoyed and have only recently found them, but have already run out of episodes. So great and so amazing. Loving that it is family friendly and can listen when I sleep. Thanks, Beans. I appreciate it. And I know all of us here at Stack It Ice really love to hear such good input. For all of you other stackers, do make sure to leave us any kind of reviews or comments that you have on our show. We do love hearing feedback, good or ill. It all helps us in making our show a bit better. Actually, since we recorded Thane's reading of that, Beans has gone back and revised his statement to include that he has now finished, he's all caught up, and he's enjoying our company on the Discord server. If you haven't checked us out on Discord, we have that link available through our Twitter feed, so check that out and come join us today on Discord. I have a second review. This one is from Grey Jedi 505 aka Dave, DM Dave from the Tomes of the Chaos Bard podcast. He left us this review. It says, Podcast of awesome, clean, fun. Five stars. Great world building, great DM descriptions, and fun for the whole family. All ages can listen without worry of any crude language or themes. Thank you very much, Dave. That means a lot to us, and we appreciate the relationship that we have formed through our time on Twitter together, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of your world and your show develop. And speaking of that, we have a small guest appearance. And Dave is going to give us a spot for their show. Hello, stackers. I am David, the dungeon master for Tomes of the Chaos Bard. I really enjoy the stack of dice. And if you are all caught up and looking for another family-friendly podcast, come check us out. We are a fifth edition D&D game with original songs and music. We play in Kelleth, where there is great unease. And Solemn, the Chaos Bard, follows a group of adventurers as they help decide the fate of the land. Tomes of the Chaos Bard. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Come, join us as we unroll the scroll to tell the tale. Now back to your adventure on Stack o Dice. So there you have it. We appreciate you sharing that with us. And if you haven't yet checked them out, stackers, go check them out. We should do a crossover. That's what I did. I've sent them ours. No, no, he means a crossover episode. I mean, literally, like, they are in our thing, and they meet up with I, us. I've talked about that, too, with them. I mean, it doesn't have to be long. It could just be like, hey, like a small interaction, yeah. and then we bounce. And it could be a part of both of our podcasts. Wouldn't that be neat? That would be dope. Yeah. I've thought about it. That would be dope. I've thought about it, yeah. So we had a lot to cover in that initial part. If you want to catch up with us on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at stackodice, or you can email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We love to hear from you in any of those ways. And of course, again, we have our Discord server, so check us out there. And we are instituting some fun things to do as a group, as a community there, including listen parties. And we had our first last night. So please do come by, and we will be happy to welcome you to our community. With that, hello, stackers. 
Thanks for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I'm Rhett, the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tyr Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbesh Bensonmum. And Catherine as Farron. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. I am. Oh, I was hoping for some harmony. No. <laughs> I'm throwing it all off today. <laughs> it's because she drank coffee. <laughs> <laughs> No, she is more on point than ever because oh, she drank coffee. That's true. For like five minutes. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. Dieter is lounging on a hay bale, munching on some food. Harold is somewhere nearby. Somewhere in the background you can hear his balalaika strumming. And uh, the camp is just astir with camp activities. I think I have an idea. If I shrink down really small, I might be able to fly into the prison. And I might be able to help from inside. I think that's a really good idea. I mean, obviously, we should use uh, the whistles as a distraction to get yeah, the guards yeah. to go in another direction. Yeah, that's a good idea. The problem is, is we don't know how long they're going to keep the prisoners, and his son is one of them from the last conversation I remember. Well, then let's present these options to Torgovitz and let him decide since it's his son's That's true. I don't risk. know that we have the authority to just go in and tell him what we're going to do. What do you make of Dieter? He seems very capable. Does he really? Tira, I have had to learn many things in a very short time. One of these is how to tell whom to trust. And after talking with him, I feel I can trust him. Is he an oaf? Yes, but a strong one. She's going to bite her tongue for the moment. We'd like to employ some of these powers in our plan to liberate the prisoners. We are in need of this. I mean, I, I can I can get in there. Um, I think I'll have to look around to see what it's like on the inside, um, and then I can come back and tell you what I found. But we have seen the prison. We know how heavily guarded it is. These must be powers indeed for you to be able to get in there. I don't understand. All of a sudden, my body starts to shrink down and the clothes around me just start to crumble down. And I'm just going to, like, bat my wings and, and flutter and stay there, like, like hover there over the table. Torgovets is stunned. There's even a little girl that's holding on to one of the guard's hands. And she actually bumps into you, Lomberbash, and grabs onto your hand. One of her arms clutches a little rag doll that's tucked under her arm. She crawls up on your lap and runs a finger through one of the locks of your hair and is tugging on it. The child in your arms curls up, and as she does, her head presses against you, when suddenly there's another loud sound, the fire crackles or something, and she gasps and, and yanks, and you feel a pull on your head. It hurts momentarily, but uh, she's very startled. She starts to cry. The fire is crackling. You are all bedded down for the night. Is there anything else that you want to do before you fall into sleep? Nah, we've had a really super busy day. I think that's enough. Okay. 
as you drift off to sleep, and it has been, I think it's been three or four episodes that this day has lasted. (laughs) (laughs) We begin hour 54 of their 72-hour day. (laughs) You hear Torgavets and some other quiet voices talking near one of the nearby campfires, but the sound lulls you to sleep. For some of you, perhaps sleep comes more quickly than for others. And actually, when you awaken in the first gray light of early morning, you awaken with bleary eyes. It wasn't a bad rest. Womberbash, you do feel like perhaps you had a more troubled sleep than usual. And I'd say that Tira and Farron, you did hear some stirring and maybe even some low mumbling coming from Womberbash through the night. When you awaken, though, it's hard to see, but there's the first faint stirrings of life in the camp. Farron is hungry, so uh, I... I, I, I. <laughs> I exit the tent and uh, I see some folks starting to get a fire together or prepare some, some kind of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food is cooking, even though it is as early as it is. They keep fires burning pretty much through the night here to help ward off some of the worst of the mountain cold. You do smell some meat cooking. Some thin strips of bacon. Off to a great start. Tira follows Farron out of the tent to get some breakfast. Whatever we eat, let's do it quickly. We need to get on the way as soon as possible, hopefully before the sun is fully up. I have an idea. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to need you to forge me some, some weapons. This morning? No, it, oh, won't, like it won't be enough time. Ones? Tiny ones, because oh. I just thought when I go over there, I'm gonna be naked with wings. I'm not gonna have anything, so you guys are gonna have to carry my my equipment with you, and I'll have to get that later. But I wish I had. I was like, maybe I can take my panabas. I'm like, wait a minute, I wouldn't be able to carry it because it'd be too big. But I if would you love made to miniature size, what are you gonna do with a toothpick sized panabas? Yeah, you know, poke someone in the toe. I, I mean, I could be attacked he by cats and dogs. He can climb up a wall I mean, or something. Like, if he's mini, his world is just mini. I could slip people's I know, Achilles heel. I mean, like, come on. That. You see what I'm saying? I love that idea. Yes. Yeah. I'd say maybe an hour and you could forge something. Yeah, I'm doing it. If you could replicate. Because I don't really need a lot of... A lot of material. Yeah, because uh, so basically, if I go to miniature form, which is what I'm talking about, microscopic, it would be just not not proper. But uh, miniature form, I can fit through gaps up to six inches. So I'm essentially a gnome size. Yeah. So you could you could actually do uh, like a a small panabas that would only take like not too long. Make sure the heat treat is nice though. Don't be giving anything. Oh my gosh. Got to get the quince right. Right. It's gonna be perfect. (laughs) I will say that most shape shifting spells in D and D to include druids with their wild shape and others. Uh, do specify that equipment worn will also adjust size with you. If you would rather have this flavor, that's perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, I do. Well, that's what been, the way we've been playing it this whole time. Like, I, my clothes don't follow that's me true. when I shrink. That's and true. on top of it, it doesn't mention that at all. So I assume that I would just be... When you cut the ankle or stab the foot, whatever you did with the with the guy on the fence, what did you use? I just used like a splinter, like a piece mm. of wood or something. No, he just bit him. Well, I did oh, bite him. Bit I, him. Yeah. I did bite oh, him, too. Bite yeah. Him. Yeah. There was yeah. no weapon of any kind. Okay, yeah, that's right. Bit him. I was thinking of the stabbing. <laughs> We're past stabbing. Past that. Body parts. Um, all right, cool. So do you think you can maybe hook me up with a, a panabas? Absolutely. Before we get to that, you stir Womberbash, mm-hmm. and there's a nasty morning taste in your mouth. And as you move, your hand brushes, and there's a velvety feeling under your arm. You are covered in a carpet of black flowers. Oh. 
And we didn't notice this when we got up. I guess we just It's like, dark enough away. that, yeah. yeah. The, so the tent itself it is not lit. What is I can't. This stupid flowers again. Tira, I'm going to go get Bash. Yeah, I'm amazed that his nose hasn't woken in by now. I know. So I peer into Wammer Bash's tent. So I hear him moving around. Yeah. He's not in a tent. He is and surrounded by a, a ring of black petals and flowers. Bash, what's all this? Uh, this has happened before. I, it, it grows on me. I got to get it off. Where did you? Where did it come from? This something happened a long time ago, and somebody did something to me, and I they, they grow on me at, from time to time. What? Does this have to do with your stone? No. Can you tell me more? Uh, no, Tira, but Tira can. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> you jerk! I'm like you Tira. Don't <laughs> I'm playing my character. Who can speak. Um, Your character forgot why that happened. He wouldn't be able to explain it. He's just worried about taking it off of him at this point. You don't have to feel obligated to say it. This is the first time that I've seen it, so that's why I'm like, whoa. I have forgotten why that happened. We were on a ship. I know. I remember. I remember it was on the ship, but I forget. Like, so what happened? How come you got that? I was just in there at the time. The person just cast it, and I had it. It it came on me. It was growing on like my lower limbs and stuff like that. Right. It was a spell that he cast on him? Was he stabbed with something? I forget now. This was like two years ago that this it was, happened. It was. You don't know, really. There was yeah, ma- yeah. It was never really explained. There was magic involved. All of a happened. Yeah. Was it when he was feeling troubled about something? I mean, bl- oh, wait, black so we, flowers, we, we, we right? Need to back, we need to back up to have you come actually find me. <laughs> oh, I, I, I called for you. What is it? Bash, what's taking you so long? To- oh, no. Not again. These dumb flowers. What, what does it mean? We don't know. It's not good, though. Here, are, are there any left on you? A few let, on his back. Let, let me help you. I'll get the ones you can't reach. What do you mean it's not good? Is it some kind of bad omen? We've only... We first encountered... Spit it out, Tara! <laughs> we first encountered this effect when we were fighting our enemies. And somehow they were able to transmit it to Bash. I don't know how. They're off. They're off. I gotta. I have to get ready to go. I was thinking about something though. Um, you guys are gonna have to carry my my stuff uh, for me because I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to carry anything. We'll take care of your things. Go back though. What were you thinking about? Well, I I I I, I won't be able to carry any weapons, and I'll just no no Bash. You said you were thinking about something, and that's when you noticed the black pedal effect. Or was that not what you meant? Oh no, no. That's I. I wanted to see if Farron can make me a small uh, um, panabas. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I'm not getting through to him. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I don't think he understands the question. No, Bash, listen to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, by any chance, have any troubling dreams or visions in the night? I can't remember. That, that's happened before, and sometimes that has led to this effect, right? Yeah, I don't remember anything about last night. I didn't have a very good night's sleep, but I don't remember anything. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I Even in my sleep, it, in the night, even I heard you rustling, not rustling, um, what's the word? I heard him Rest- murmuring. Tossing. Restless, yes. Oh. Uh, you seemed restless during the night to me. I heard you tossing and turning. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember anything. I didn't dream about anything that I know of. I smell bacon. 
Yeah, you do. All right. Uh, go on, go on. And don't, do they disappear or they just kind of lay there? They lay there. Okay. They're not illusory. They're real flowers. Okay. Can you make me a small, like, panopus so I can take with me on this thing? I won't have any weapons or anything. Yeah, a- absolutely. I'll, I'll get that started now. I'll need it at approximately 4.73 centimeters, and uh, I need it heat treated with oil, not water. I don't want any cracks or inclusions. Play your character. <laughs> Damascus blade, too. Yeah, I was going to say Damascus. <laughs> <laughs> Tira's going to bend down while he leaves the tent and pick up one of the flowers and just examine it closely with her eyes. Um, ooh, with her eyes. Does that need to be said? <laughs> she examines it with her eyes. <laughs> oh, grief. It's going to be a long day, y'all. Um, she's going to pick up a petal and, and sort of rub it between her fingers to get a feel of it and examine it closely. Can I do an arcana check? Sure. Uh, hang on. I forgot to even look and see. What, uh, 11. You hold the velvety petal in your fingers, and at first it feels soft, and then as you rub them together, the velvet crushes and it leaves a slick feeling to the petal. There's a slight hint of perfume in the air that then turns into a very sickening, almost deathly smell. Like rot? Like rot. What uh, What happens... Um if I put my star stone next to any of those, um... you have walked out and ate. Yeah, bacon. you're gone. Oh, okay. you're gone. Too okay. late. Uh, what happens if I put a star stone up <laughs> in my nose? <laughs> <laughs> All right, she drops the petal, and then I look at my fingers. Is there anything on my fingers? A slight purplish stain. Okay. Nothing more. The oil, perhaps. Do they sting. No. No. Okay. No sensation. Just the the lingering memory of the feel of the velvet crushing under your fingers. Okay. They are already starting to wither now Mm -hmm. that they're brushed off. Tira just shakes her head and kind of rubs her hand off on her pants leg and follows them out of the tent. Okay. Womberbash, you find food. It's easy enough. You follow the smell lines. And I am (laughs) Just like in cartoons. Yep. Yep, I'm eating, but I'm getting ready to go. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm eating, but I'm going to get ready to go. Okay. Uh, you make your preparations. You do see that at the campfire, the little girl from last night is sitting there. She has her doll tucked under her arm. And when she sees you, she gives you a shy smile and runs over and gives you a hug. The doll is crushed between you. The greasy black hair that's fixed to the head gets squished between you. And Farron, we're going to go to you as you craft a miniature weapon. You find your way back to the forge where you made the whistles the day before. Just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 12 hours ago. Yeah. And uh, I guess riding the high of having a natural 20 to make those whistles, you begin to gather together several oh, layers Aaron of. About the natural 20, that's huh? right. Yeah. She said, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to so 20, sweet. I got a 20. <laughs> uh, you gather together several layers of metal, you weld them slightly, and you begin to heat it. The ingot, I guess. What, what is it called? Yeah. And. Uh, and as you draw it out, it's white hot, and you begin to pound. Why don't you give me a? Why it's a skill. A I tool have. proficiency check. <laughs> I'm a master Smith. artisan. A tool proficiency check. Nineteen. Bam. <laughs> Plus. Plus whatever. Yeah, I don't, know don't, what don't worry about that. Saying. That is plenty enough. After, I'd say maybe thirty minutes of working this small ingot. You have it worked out to blade shape, and then with some careful honing, 
you put a nice white edge on it, and you have a very serviceable tiny panabas. Yes. Panabaset. Yeah. I even added some bluing for you. Ooh. What, yeah, why don't you describe <laughs> the blade? Des- describe the blade for us. Oh my gosh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it has an I acid edge. I already added enough. I already added enough. Okay, Womberbass, no, why don't you describe it for us then? Okay, so she, she comes over to me and I'm eating bacon. And uh, she hands it to me, and it's weird because I'm holding it yeah. just in my, my thumb and my two, my index finger, and maybe my, my middle finger there. And I'm just like, it's holding, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, thank you. I wouldn't say awesome. <laughs> this is dope. <laughs> this is funky fresh. <laughs> um, I, I take it, and I was like, oh, thank you. This will work very, very well. You want to test it on a piece of bacon? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to take a grape and just cut it in half. Yeah, it like, slices wow, I can cleanly. take off. Yeah. Little mini heads. Um, no. <laughs> I'm gonna behead that uh, mouse I run but, into. But um, as I look at it, I can see obviously, like you said, a nice white edge against like sort of like a, a rougher, darker uh, blade. Although um, when I ex- examine it a little closely, I can see little waves as if there's uh, several layers mm-hmm. uh, to this particular blade. And um, even on the edge, though, even though it's white, if you like move it back and forth in the sunlight, you'll you'll see an occasional blue or like a light purple color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the, the, the handle is nice and carved, and uh, she probably put some type of oil on it. I don't know, maybe spit. I don't, I'm not sure. Wire wrap. Yeah, yeah, wire something. And, um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Thank you very much, Tira. Tira. Farron. <laughs> Whatever your name is. Wow, Bash saying thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Any other preparations you want to make before you head out? I'm going to get ready to go. Um, you guys are going to be able to grab my stuff, right? Yes, we will bring your things. Okay, so I'm going to... Um, Say goodbye to the little girl, and I'm going to head around over to, like, a right behind a tree because I'm about to get naked. I'm going to take my clothes off and actually just sort of wrap them up in, like, my, my belt mm-hmm. or whatever. Just wrap everything up together so it'll be easy to I see to that you, you've put your panabas in the middle of that, so you wrap yeah, the, exactly, your clothes exactly. around the blade, yep. right? Okay, good. Um, and then I'm going to motion over to uh, Farron to come get it, and I spend uh, seven side points to give me five for flight and two for miniature form. Okay. And, um... I grab the little mini panabas and I, I wave to her and I, I take off and I'm going to head toward... Uh, I'm going to rise above the, the tree line there and look out to see where I spot the, the, the city, town, and uh, I'm going to head head straight there. Okay. Let me do one thing. Gotcha. You rise above the trees and here again you're up on a mountainside, tucked back further away in a small clearing of a glen. But as you rise, you see the valley open up to your south, to the south, and there, I'm going to say, about seven miles distant, perched on the shoreline, is the city of Saragavan, and you begin to fly in that direction. From down below, Tira and Farron, you look up to see him zip suddenly in one very determined direction, and he disappears very quickly over the treetops. I hope this goes well. All right, Tira, in preparation for their immediate departure, is going to lighten herself of everything except for her axe and her, and her new longbow. Okay. And some arrows, maybe a dozen and a half. And your star stone. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. That's true. That's, I don't wear that, do I? It's in my pack. So yeah, take the star stone out, tuck it into a fold, like maybe in her belt, mm-hmm. where it will be secure, and then the axe... The bow and a dozen and a half arrows. And Farron, are you doing anything? Well, did Tira take anything? Or she is actually leaving her, like, pack behind? 
You are leaving. I am. I'm. I mean, I want to be able to for us to travel quickly. Our plan is not to stay down there. I'm bringing what I need in case we get into an engagement, not in case we need to like jet. Which you're right is probably not very wise. What what, what if we have to leave straight from there? But Tira is only thinking of the confrontation. Now, if you want, Farron, as our strategist, can suggest to Tira that's not a very good idea. Actually, I was thinking of following suit and just uh, instead of taking my smithing tools, just kind of like putting Mm. them aside and instead putting Wamrabash's pack in my normal satchel or whatever that I carry that in. Uh, actually, you're going to be riding. You see that the scouts uh, that Torgavets has identified are saddling horses, so you can just strap it onto the back of the horse. Yes, but I want it on my person okay. because if something goes wrong and he's got to resize, he's got to size up. Gotcha. Then I can hand him his. Yeah, with with bag. a little effort, you fashion some straps that allow you to wear his bundle as a backpack. Okay, so that's what I'll do, and I'll. But I, I will leave my smithing tools on the horse. When Tira sees that they are preparing horses for us, she thinks, well, maybe then I should at least bring the cloak of protection and the helm of telepathy. I can attach it to the saddle. The cloak feels good this morning. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's actually just going to wear that. Yeah. Now, what what is the helm supposed to look like, actually? Is it like That's one of those full head? Because for that's I'm always, I'm always, you got a little skull cap. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm always imagining the kind, of, <laughs> the kind of helmet that has the big, like comes down to your shoulders and has a nose thing. I'm like, oh, that's too big and bulky. Yeah, you tell me what it looks like. There See, is, I don't know. There what, is a picture in the Dungeon Master's Guide if you want to go with that. Is that what it looks like? Is that is that where I got the picture that I? It can from? be. Well, let, let's see. What, let's see what the Dungeon Master's Guide suggests. So and then I, I can I can picture it and maybe make some small tweaks. I don't want to. <laughs> I always picture a sci-fi looking helmet with like a tubes coming out. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty weird looking. Yeah, that's not is. too bad, though. Yeah, it's not like it's bulky. It's more of a skull. Oh, that's cool. It's more of a, yeah, just on the skull, but it does have like the the ear and And, and a brain jaw. pattern. I like it a looks brain. like a. Yeah, look yeah. at the. I love that. I think the face looks like an owl. Yeah, it's got an owl face and a brain, like, you know, mega mind. We should share that on like the social media. Yeah, we'll uh, post yeah. a copyright picture. I was gonna say, can we do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just give it, give them the credit. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, is, from, no, this is from page whatever yeah. of the DM. It's guy. fine. It's fine. Um, so it will look much like that, maybe without such strong sideburns. What what is that called? I know it's. I, I know it's not called that. Cheat guards. Cheat guards. Maybe not with such strong cheat guards. Um, I would have went with the sideburns. I do. I do like the the owl face that's kind of cool and i don't know if i like the brain pattern that just seems to it could just be scales yeah scales go with scales or feathers because it's an owl face there you go there you go so it's, I mean, it's not it's not actual feathers it's, it's stylized pattern, metal know? styled as feathers yeah but they're they're like scales yeah, but they've been exactly like metal scaling stylized to look like feathers yeah good um and it does it fits pretty close it's not it's fashionable yeah it fits the ensemble <laughs> So anyway, that's going to be, I guess, attached to the saddle somehow. Okay. I don't know. That's fine. But that, that, that's it. She's not going to bring anything else. Yeah. Wamber Bash, you are cold. I'm, I'm freezing. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's early in the morning, that high up and flying. Naked. Naked. Yeah, I'm, I'm freezing. Yeah. I think it's time for us to grab our comrades and he- head down. 
Yeah, Bash is already on his way, and he's going to get there a lot faster than we will. Did I hear that you're going somewhere? <sighs> Dieter comes up. He's not wearing a shirt. His yeah. skin is glistening. He's been doing morning calisthenics. <laughs> <is> Fabio. <laughs> Kylo Ren. He's got... <laughs> oh, no. He's got his shirt, his linen shirt, slung over his shoulder, and his sword is belted at his waist. Tira's stammering at their speech. She can't. She's, she's looking away. Oh, she's looking bet, away. Farron turns over and pukes. <laughs> yeah, we do need to make this a video podcast. <laughs> See the deliberation on Meredith's face. Hey. I'm picturing this as we were already like walking away uh-huh. and he comes up behind us and Tira's like, you know, her shoulders kind of go up. And so is that wincing? You're wincing. Yeah, I'm wincing. <sighs> and then she remembers the words of Wamberbash. This guy might be able to help us. <laughs> Not on this trip. I really want to leave him on. <laughs> I'm gonna look over at Farron and give her a face like just shaking my head, like, oh, I don't want him coming with us. What's his name again? Dieter. Oh yeah, Dieter. Dieter Darkhand? Yes. That's right. Weird. Oh, good night, guys. I don't know how to explain this. Yeah, you know, so that he will not want to come. I mean, he's going to want to come, no matter what I say. It's it's a very secret. No, that's going to just make him want to come even more. Grr! Um. If you're going down to the city, I would love to come with you. We have everyone we need for this particular excursion. Uh, thank you. No. If I'm to play a role. I should probably know what the terrain looks like. We're not going the way we plan to go later. Dieter. If you have your own task, then I can go on my own. I'm more than capable. Harold, bring Bucephalus. Is that his horse's name? Harold comes with the big white stallion trotting behind him. Dieter, if you go to town and draw any suspicious attention to yourself people could get killed you should sit this one out we'll be back shortly from what i understood of the planning last night my role is not in town but outside i don't intend to go in well what do you intend to do to observe from afar and if you run into trouble i'll be around just stay out of town you got it he whisks the shirt over his head it slides into place perfectly, <laughs> and he swings easily up onto Bucephalus's back. He's got long hair too, right? He does. With a hi He claps his heels to the horse, and the... Hi-ya! <laughs> <laughs> and the horse <laughs> goes trotting off into the woods and disappears from sight. I keep seeing Prince Charming mm, on, yeah. top, on, <laughs> on, on top of a donkey as a stallion. <laughs> One more thing before you go. From around your horse... Tira and Farron. Torgovitz comes. He's running his hand along the chest of the horse. And he gives you a very quiet look as he looks at both of you. Do you have everything you need? I believe so. Thank you for everything that you've furnished us with for this task. We will look after your men, and we hope to be back by tonight. I have been thinking through the night. I believe we must start the summons now to begin gathering secret ninij for the work that lies ahead. I believe we can make enough people gather that we could move sooner. 
perhaps as early as tomorrow. By all means, get the word out to other camps while we are away. We will begin to descend from the mountains and position ourselves in the plains. I cannot tell you how desperate I am for this to come off. I will give my life to free those prisoners, because I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the deaths. Please be careful. Please save them. Tira doesn't even know how to respond with anything other than a meaningful look. You have work to do. May the gods go with you. And with you. He gives you a, a sad smile and steps back to allow you to get on your horses. Tira takes one last look back at the camp at Torgovets's retreating figure, and then swings herself up into the saddle, kicks the horse's flanks, and takes off down the hill. The guides lead you through the trees at a slow pace until you get out to one of the larger trails, and then you make your way slowly down the mountain paths. Wamberbash. You approach, you make good time, even with the crosswinds coming through the valley and blowing you sideways. You learn very quickly how to fold your wings to reduce surface area, and and you manage to make your way eastward and southward toward the city. And I'm going to share a a part of a surprise with you. We have a two-part present from one of our listeners, from Pat, who goes by at Mountainfoot on Twitter. He is a cartographer, and he has drawn a couple of maps for us to use in our game. We'll be sharing at least the first one on Discord and on Twitter and Instagram uh, once this episode releases. From above, you see the city of Saragavan spread out below you. Oh, that's cool. And so Pat has uh, done excellent work for us by drawing out the city of Saragavan. He's even color-coded it with districts and that sort of thing, and then labeled a couple of the key buildings. What's that? It's an island. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So is this like a little amphitheater? Stick? That's right. Looks like it. So oh. thank you very much, Pat. This is really neat. It's been a work in progress. I've been bouncing in my seat waiting to show you this <laughs> for over a month. Uh, oh, wow. You're able to easily identify the prison location, and the barracks location, and of course the docks are very easy to find. And the main gate is the one in the southwest corner. So that's the gate where you did your reconnaissance, Lomberbesh. Or I'm sorry, it's probably the one on the west yeah, side. Gonna, I was going to say, there's one that looks like it had the tower right here. Yeah, that's the one. That's, that's the main gate. Uh, and so you've got all the key locations down there before you. And uh, why don't you walk us through what Lomberbesh decides to do? Okay, so I'm coming up um, this way. They can't see this. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm looking around, and I'm remembering how it was described where the prison was. And so mm-hmm. I go and look, and I see a, a flat-topped building yep. uh, there yeah. uh, in sort of the same direction. And I assume that, that that's it. So I'm going to fly uh, toward that. And I'm going to land at first on top of the roof and just kind of look around and do some um, recon about uh, it, It's early. Well, how, what time in the morning is it at this point? Eight? I'm going to say it's even earlier than Seven? that. Yeah, you're closer to... Six. Okay, six. Okay, so I'm not anticipating seeing a lot of people out. Uh, uh, it's actually s- quite busy. Okay. Uh, the docks are almost constantly okay. busy. What uh, about patrols? Uh, anything like that? Patrols are sparse at this time of day. Okay. Uh, you, you're not having to worry about being spotted if that's what you're getting I, at. I assume there are soldiers at each one of these yes. um, gate points here. That's correct. Um, 
How, how many were there, uh, like, at each point? Not the main gate, but were there, like, five or ten at each, each As you gate fly you over, you see maybe one or two that okay. are just walking the walls or standing atop one of the towers. Not much activity okay. at this time of day. Now, on top of the roof... Okay, go ahead. Um, there are fires burning along the wall in little iron baskets. Okay. And the occasional guard passes wearing a stout woolen coat against the weather. You can see the, the breath pluming white in the morning. The city rooftops lie below you. Many of them have little onion domes on them. And then the gray tile roofs. But like you said, the prison stands out for its flatness on top. Is there any hatch on the top as to, for someone to get on top of up here, basically? There is not. Okay. So there's no access to the roof area. Once Correct. it was put on, there you ain't getting up there unless you got a ladder from the outside. That's right. All right, what do I see as far as um, openings in this building? As you approached it from the northwest side, you could see that there were, around the foundation, there were, at least on the northwest side, there were two openings along the foundation that appeared to be barred windows. And then there are windows on the ground and second floor. Uh, no bars, though, on the ground and second floor. Right, those are those are actually glassed-in windows. Glassed-in. Which side is the, the entrance that I went in? Southeast. Okay, so opposite... Oh, here. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where the main okay. gate, or the main door that I went into. Mm-hmm. Is it one door or double doors? I it's was a imagining du- double, double doors. Door. Yeah. Okay, and are there, I assume there's at least one soldier outside the door there or were two? two? There were two outside when I went up. Okay. Which was in the middle of the day. Yeah. So. This time of morning, there's only one as you're standing on the edge of the roof looking down. There, there's a raised wall, maybe like a two or three foot tall wall around the top. Okay. And you're, you're I see you standing on that. I'm going to kneel over. I'm going to jump up on top of that little small wall and kneel over and look down and see. I don't see any soldiers in this um, this walkway area at all from here. Correct? In the back streets, you don't yeah. see any. Okay. So then I'm going to flutter down to these uh, barred windows here on at the, the foundation. On the northwest, northwest side. side. Okay. And I'm going to peer in. Um, how far apart are those bars? You're plenty easy. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I'm going to peer in there. Do I smell? Uh... Oh, you smell. Okay, okay. You smell. <laughs> the smell of sewage is rank down here. Um, mm. any, any candles or torches or anything down there, or is it just black? There is a faint light coming from somewhere further back. Okay. It's not light coming from your side of the building. Do I, do I see anybody inherently, or is it too high up? In other words, are they down like 15 feet Basically. It's about a 10-foot drop okay. from where you okay. are okay, that's not bad. to the floor below. Okay. And as your eyes adjust to the gloom, you see that you're looking into a prison cell. Okay. The bars form a barrier between you and the people that are inside. You do see a couple figures inside. They are wearing rather tattered-looking clothing, and they are huddled together for warmth on a straw-strewn floor. So as not to startle them, I'm going to sort of try to flutter down, but go off into a corner sort of away from the light so I can see them, but they might just hear something and think it's like a rat or something. There's gentle snoring. Okay. And so you didn't disrupt anyone. Um, How many prisoners do I see? As you make your way to the corner, and in fact here we will get to some of second part, Pat has also graciously drawn the interior of... All right, I'm going to, as a rat would, uh, scurry along the outside wall mm-hmm. and just, like, uh, hopefully try to do a round and not, you know, do, be too disturbing just to count how many people I see. Okay, are you going clockwise or counterclockwise? I'm going clockwise. Okay. You scurry along the long wall, staying to the outside, 
as you head northeast, the smell intensifies, and as you go, you realize why. There is a shallow slope to the floor across the middle of the building, and that serves as the drainage for sewage. There are no amenities whatsoever down here in this basement. Prisoners are just left completely to wallow in their own filth. As you head toward the southeast corner of the building, light becomes brighter. There is a torch here. And in fact, as you approach that corner of the building, there's a small fire burning in a small stone oven. There's a guard sitting there with his feet propped up on a table. He's sitting in a rather solid-looking wooden chair. He's tilted back so that the back of the chair rests against the wall. And then there are uh, dried orange peels and bundles of aromatic herbs hanging to help disguise or to mask the smell down here. He doesn't seem to, he's not asleep, but he's not paying particular attention to anything. And he does seem to be perched at the bottom of the stairs leading up to the ground floor. Can I see, is there a door at the top of the stairs or a door? You're not around there yet. Okay. okay. You are, I, yeah, I see you in that section of hallway there. Okay. Okay. Because he said you just saw the trench. Right. Okay. I want to look at that uh, area closely, uh, the stairs, to see if there's a door at the top um, of the stairs. Okay. For that, you will need a, a stealth check. And oh, you will you be, to get past the guy. You'll be able to do it with advantage because he's not paying attention and okay. you are small. All right. Nat, Nat 20. 20. Yes. Okay. A sound from the street outside, maybe a wagon rumbling past, draws the guard's eyes. He looks up towards that window close to him. And he stares out there. He continues to stare, allowing you to slip around the corner. You see that there is a door closed at the top, and it appears to be heavy, some kind of heavy wood with bands of metal to hold it all together. The stairs are, I don't know, let's see, 10 feet up. Stone stairs? Yeah, stone stairs. Can I tell which way the door swings, out or inward? The door down here will swing toward you. Okay, so inward. Yes. Nice. And that is so that prisoners trying to escape... They're bashing against the, the door. It would be in their way. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, I want to head back over to the pea trap or the, the waste the, the area. Great, yeah, the, the, the great, the great the area. Okay. Trench. Are, are you fluttering? I'm, I'm running at this point. Okay. Uh, so you, your little feet are Yeah. I, maybe I bat my wing a little bit to like just give me yeah. like a little bit of a boost. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you go back out into the colder, damper hallways of that middle section of the prison area, your little feet are slap, slap, slapping on the stone. And you pass along the central row, and you count more prisoners. In all, you're looking at maybe your rough estimate is there could be as many as 100 down here. I thought Torgovets said 30. Torgovets could be mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could be thinking they, they might have more prisoners down there besides just their 32. Yeah, Secretni Nij is a distributed and loosely organized group. Based on the numbers you have counted so far, you wouldn't be surprised if it's upward of 100. People seem to be jammed into some of these cells. What is the grate? Have I reached the grate? Is it um, into the stone or is it a grate sitting on top? Into. Into the stone. So can it be moved is what I mean. Can the grate can lift up? It looks like it's a metal storm drain okay. that rests on a lip of stone. Okay, perfect. And how big is that? Can a human being fit into A human being would be able to fit through the opening. However, you're not sure how deep it is. And whatever's underneath, you're not entirely sure how wide the outlet is. It could be that it's a larger opening, and then the the thing underneath it, the the actual drainage pipe is... Right, just a pipe. Yeah, just a small pipe. 
these cells, how are they locked? Each one seems to have a keyhole in it. Okay. So a key or a set of keys would be needed to open these cells. Would I be able to pick one of these cell locks with my Panabis? You could try. I'm going to pick a, um, a cell that has like four or five people in it. Go as far from the guy as you can. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe in hey, this... get out of here. Northwest, <laughs> yeah, maybe in this northwest corner, I'm going to pick uh, like maybe one of the cells over here that have like four or five people because I need, I need bodies. So I'm going to sort of peer in a little bit. And uh, they probably are not paying attention. No, again, they are drowsing, if not full-on sleeping. Can I get on top of the area where the keyhole is, or underneath, or do I have to try to flutter or hover? You can position yourself to... Okay, uh, perfect. If you want to come at it from above, that may make it a little awkward for you. Yeah, I want to actually fly up and like sort of hang down a little bit and put my head in as far and look inside the keyhole as, as much as possible. Okay, how tall are you? Um, I can fit within up to six inches, so I, I could be anywhere from exactly six inches or smaller. Like, you can't do put, this. If you're six inches tall, that's why I'm asking yeah, how yeah. tall you are. Uh, that, yeah, you can basically press your face, face, one eye up against okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, you see... Mechanisms. <laughs> yeah, a, a mixture of old oil and rust okay. inside, um, but really, you can't see very far. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to take my Panabis, and um, I'm going to try to try to pick the lock and open okay. it up. Please roll a sleight of hand check. The DC is going to be a 16, and you're rolling with disadvantage because this is not a, an Skill actual die. tool. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. The problem with lock picks is you need to be able to adjust for tumblers and all that kind of thing. Where's... At least they weren't vastly different. Yeah. You <laughs> rolled a 9 That's and true. an 8. <laughs> okay. 8 plus 5. Wow. 13. Yeah. So I'll still don't make it. That's sense. not bad, but it, it does not meet the DC of 16. Okay. You feel like you almost have it. You feel a little click and then another click and then the last one just seems not to want to move. Do I have, um, did that have it get any attention of anyone in the cell? No, no, they seem, maybe some light stirring, but can I no see, one inside Can has, I see and maybe pinpoint of the four or five dudes that are in there? Actually, who, how many people are in there? This one, this particular yeah. cell, it looks like there may be three people okay. huddled together. Out of the three, um... Can I choose or what seems to be the most lucid of the individuals, someone who wouldn't freak out at my sight, but also can I, can I pinpoint and, and assess the, the three individuals in there and, and choose like maybe the best one? Yeah, uh, I will describe them to you. Okay. The first one appears to be a, a man probably in his 30s, 40s. He's very crusty, and so it's hard to tell age under the layers of filth. There is a woman whose hair has been bobbed short and pretty roughly, maybe with a knife instead of scissors. And then a teenage kid, a boy who is also curled up with them. It appears to be perhaps a family from the closeness that they are sharing. Okay. I am going to um, go down on the ground, slip through the bars, and uh, head over to the, the man. And um, is he asleep? Or trying to sleep, or just sitting there? Of the three, he seems to be the heaviest to sleep. Okay. The woman seems to be the, the most fitful. Sounds right? Well, yeah, <laughs> for one thing, because you know men just typically sleep a little heavier exactly. than women. But also, the woman, when you have kids, you just wake up at the slightest sound. Yep. I'm going to walk up to his face. The man's face or the yes. boy's? The, the man's face. Okay. And um, I'm going to slap his nose. All right. Your little hand raises, and then you bring it down sharply on the on the nostril 
with a not a yelp, but a, a sharp intake of breath, he sits up quickly and he looks around trying to figure out what just happened. Hey, down here. Don't make any sound. Down here. Down here. What? L- listen. Who are you? I'm trying to get you out of here. I can't explain anything. But I have this. Do you think you might be able to pick the lock on this cell? His eyes go wide as he sees this tiny man wearing nothing. <laughs> Uh, with wave, wings. waving, yeah, with wings, waving a small sword. Uh, he overcomes his surprise surprisingly quickly. <laughs> I, I rolled a nineteen. Are you, you going to have to roll a persuasion or something? Guys? Yeah, uh, I, I guess maybe he is just so desperate for something good to happen. Maybe he thinks he's dreaming. <laughs> that actually wouldn't be a bad. He thinks he's dreaming this, and he maybe figures I'm getting a vision on how to yeah, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's let's play it that way. This is something... I'm, we must have been in here way too long. Can you pick this with this tool? I, I will try. Okay, be, be, be as quiet as you can. So I, I reach up and hand him it, uh, the thing, and I, I run back out, like, looking at him, pick mm-hmm. it, and trying to, like, look both sides just to make sure and I try to listen to. Okay. If you would like to play it this way, you can actually go up on your side and look in and try and guide him to give him... Hopefully he doesn't poke it all the way through and hit me in my head. <laughs> the blade is not that long. Okay. It's okay. not long enough to go all the way okay, through. Okay, all right, yeah, cool. Basically, you will grant him help as an action, okay. and so he will be able to roll with advantage. Yes. I'm hanging there with my head in the keyhole. <laughs> A little bit more to the right. A little bit to the left. No, no. My left. <laughs> <laughs> not your left. Your other left. (laughs) (laughs) Your military left. Yeah. uh, He jiggles, and after a few moments, he says, I'm sorry, my fingers are too stiff. I I have a plan to try to get everyone out of here, but I need you to get get out of here. I need the three of you to help. Uh, Can I, if I'm helping him, can I pass him a luck point? No. You know you're just supposed to be doing recon, right? I don't like, what is your long-term plan here, dude? Well, okay. It it looks like he's trying to spring him. I'm on my own. I'm trying to spring him. He's one more bashing. (laughs) As he's never wombarbashed before. <laughs> um, I assume the guard down at the bottom has the key. That seems like, why don't you give me a, this is weird, a perception? history perception. history check. Um, history. Why not just perception to see if he has, sees keys jangling at his hip? Yeah. You go in history from when I saw him before yeah, and I'm exactly. trying to remember? I'm oh. trying to think of what relies on memory. I see. Because right? perception is more, what do you see? Oh, yeah. right. 16. Um, okay. You said history plus four. You recall seeing a, a sizable key ring on the guard's belt. They take us out sometimes to wash us. Maybe once a month. Do you know when that time is coming up? Uh, we just got washed last week. You did? I was going to say, really? <laughs> well, yeah, you're uh, rolling around in your own. I want to go. I want to. Uh, I raise my hand up to take my tool back. Do, do you know, do you know Torgovets? Torgovets, yes. You know him. Yes, I, I met him recently. Um, Twelve hours ago. I, my, our, our plan is to try to get you out of here. Um, oh, thank the gods. Please, hit me again. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I am not dreaming. I thought I was dreaming this whole time. Can I try the lock one more time? You may give it one more try. Okay. I'm going to take away the advantage this time. Because, I thought I had disadvantage last time. Uh, yeah, you did. He did have disadvantage Okay, last time. so yeah, again with disadvantage. Uh, what's wrong with you? Uh, that would be a 16 this time. Right on it. Oh, man. <laughs> so you got it? I you think so. 
He succeeded in something anyway. That was disadvantage? Yes. Yeah, he got an 11, 11 and a, a lower. Yeah, 11 and 18. So the 11 well plus done. 5. Well done. You save something like, just let me try it one more time. And so you take your sword back and you flutter back out. And this time he holds his hand out through the bars to give you a stable platform to work from. And that little bit of stability provides you with just the leverage you need. And with a little extra effort, there's a click and the lock seems to disengage. It doesn't fall off. It's part of the door, but the door is now unlocked. Okay. Mm, I'm so afraid right now. And I think we're going to stop here. (laughs) (laughs) And we will start next time with an unlocked prison cell with a bunch of prisoners in it. And uh, Womberbass trying to figure out what to do as everyone else is going, what is he doing? Hey, come get mine! Dude, come get mine! They'll start rattling their chains. Yeah. It's going to make so much noise. I, I have a plan. It's not to... It's to be quiet and... We had a plan. <laughs> actually, You're no, coming hey, up with another one. I don't know one. if you remember this. At least I don't remember. You never actually discussed just a reconnaissance just yes, only. Yes, we did. Yes, yes, no, yes, no, yes that we No, no, that never happened. We were supposed to go Retcons. and do 100%. We did. It was a nope. recon mission. We were supposed to regroup at camp yes. and then go in later. Yes. <laughs> It was always, well, we'll go down, Womber see Bash what forgot. we're looking at, and then you got in there and got no, excited. No, Michael forgot. No, yeah. Wombrebash forgot. Okay. In the heat of the moment, Wombrebash is freestyling, and we'll see where this takes us for experience points. I think I want each of you to take one for role play this episode. And Wombrebash, I'm going to give you another one for exploration. You had a bird's eye view of mm-hmm. the city, and so you have a little bit more knowledge of the layout of the city. Again, thank you, Pat, for the visualization. That's really neat. We're going to share this on all of our various social media presences. And uh, stackers, we'd love to hear from you what you think. Please let Pat know how much you enjoy his work. And let's go Norse battle. Negative two points for Bash for going rogue. Um, <laughs> well, he is playing his character. He is impulsive. No, I'm impulsive. Yeah. He, I mean, I mean, Tira is impulsive. Where does it say on your character sheet that you are impulsive? I've been impulsive this entire four years we played. You have yacht. Yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> you have yacht. <laughs> you have not. Only when food's around is the only time you're ever impulsive. Not true. As a matter of fact, one that comes to mind was when you were deliberating with the uh, the head the dwarf, dwarf. The thing. I just jumped off and looked down that thing and flew, flew up to the top of that also, huge cavern. Also, in, in Tlacapa, when you took off by yourself. Exactly. Exactly. No, yeah, and and in your words is you're always doing this. So that contradicts what you said. We're going to go. But <laughs> so there, there is a sense of wildcatting to Wombabash's character. All right. Any other... Um, Nomination, any nominations? Well, I mean, not a lot happened in yeah, this episode. Yeah, it seemed like a pretty standard. Yeah, but I mean, they could they could each get a point for thinking to ask for a mini Panabas and yeah, that's for her, true. That's true. You know, doing really well. Yeah, take another one them. each. I, I like. The, I, I think I'm going to ask for mini clothes too next, so I don't have to be naked per se, or at least some type of a loincloth that I could put on. <laughs> something yes, like please. that. <laughs> something. I know of at least one listener who would appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we get a recap? Well, Tira's score jumped. (laughs) One whole point. One whole point. (laughs) Tira is 62 points into level 12. Okay. Congratulations. Womberbash is 65 points into level 12. Nice. Farron is 34 points into level 12. Great. We're advancing the story, and I think that's the most important part. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I like how things are starting. We'll see where it all goes, and who knows? The dice will lead us. <laughs> I did want to make one last note here. The, the quote that I gave to Torgavets before you left, I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the deaths, was a direct quote from the president of Ukraine in his appeal to Congress. And uh, I guess that's it for everything in this episode. Thank you, Stackers, for joining us. We hope you are happy to have our ongoing story continue, and we will be ready next time for more actual play goodness right here at Stack of Dice. Ryan, we know you listen to our show with your dad, and we appreciate that you like it as much as you do. Thanks for sticking with it, and we hope that you continue to enjoy our show for many, many years to come. Many, many years? That's right. <laughs> you threw me off. Sorry. You threw off my groove. Not, not that we will be recording for years, but just that he can go back and listen. Good. Yeah, now, now I've lost it. What? <laughs> We're going to get picked up by Amazon. It's going to be an animated series. That's right. That's right. the best one. <laughs>